Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Kitchen Garden Magazine podcast, your fortnightly fix of gardening features, advice and chat. Subscribe and follow us now to never miss an episode. Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the On The Grapevine podcast. I'm Dan Hayes and today joining me all the way from the Rhonda Valley, keeper of the official BBC Radio 2 plot, Terry Walton. I'm What's telling that? my day. We've, I arrived at the allotments this morning. Yeah. With a, not a lot on the plan. Up turns a local stable bloke with all his manure. So I couldn't Ooh. refuse that. So I had two tonne of manure delivered. Lovely. At 12 o'clock, I had to do a, a video promotion because I'm patron of uh, Prospect Camry. I did that. And they, yeah. I went straight to do Radio Ronda and then Radio Wales. And now you. You were top of the bill. <laughs> Oh, that's very kind of you, Terry. Oh, you do radio. I didn't know there was such a thing as Radio Ronda, but I um, shouldn't yeah, be surprised. Yeah, I, do it, I do it every Thursday, every Wednesday at uh, 2.30. Oh, right. And then straight on to the BBC Wales. Yeah, being on BBC Wales at three o'clock. Yeah. Because oh, you've changed. They've changed the presenter, haven't they? It's, um, yeah, it's Benaz now. It's not Delary. Delary, that's it. Yeah, and that wasn't Delary for a long time. And she's doing a late night stint now, I think. Yeah, she's doing the 10 to up as 12 now. Which seems oh, like yeah, needs with her sons, or but I mean, oh, yeah, no. I want to break in Benaz now. She's a bit straight laced at the moment, but we get there. You'll get there, Terry. You'll bend it your way, <laughs> like you have done with them. Um, you've shown Jeremy Vine the way, so I'm sure you'll show her the way. Anyway, we best crack on. So, right, you've had your jabs, Terry, but how's the hand? Because obviously you had an accident a few weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah. Can you actually see it there, look, or not see oh, it? Just, just, just at the bottom of your wrist. No, it's there, look. Uh, see the dirt one on. It's, I can't, can't work this one. <laughs> it's it's a, at the base of the thumb. Oh, yes. Oh, it's very yeah, neat, Terry. A very pale scar. Yeah, the, the plastic surgeon did a fine job. Oh, because of that, yeah. six, six weeks ago, it shot rather badly. It was a big operation. Did he move all the shards? Didn't yeah, damage yeah, any nerves. Yeah. Cut through the muscle, and it's all, all working. as good as any puppet, though. Oh, look at that. Terry yeah, the puppet really. after. Because what was it? Was it one of those old terracotta pots or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd been down, it had been raining, the lawn was soft. I thought I'll spike the lawn because yeah. it's nice and soft now. So I spiked it all because I had trainers on. I got a crazy paving path and it's on a slope. As I stepped uh-huh. up, my foot started to go. I tried to save myself, came down, put, and the only thing on the other side of the path was a terracotta pot which had been frosted. So as I, uh-huh. my palm, my hand, it, it shattered. 
and the shards went in there. So I could see it was quite bad. It was like a, like a lip. So I evolved yeah. to the local hospital, which is two miles away. He did x-ray and they asked, he said, well, that's plastic surgeon job. All those bits got removed. So I had a dash over to Swansea. My son ran yeah. over, spent the night. They operated the following morning. I came home and then I came. Am I right in thinking the, um, the plastic surgeon realised who you are by hearing your voice and went, oh, I recognise your voice? It was strange because I, I went into the into the operating theatre on the Monday morning and she said, I've never, I've never operated on anybody famous. Oh. Said, what are you talking about? She said, you are Terry Walton of Radio 2. I always listen to you. And then uh, a colleague who was assistant said, he's not Terry Walton. We've got to be look after him, she said. So <laughs> the two surgeons who were operating, both were listeners to Radio 2. There you go. And then, and then the fortnight after I, I had everything cleared up, we did a show on with Jeremy Vine with the plastic yep. surgeon. What had happened to my hand? Yeah, you're on quite a few radio stations, aren't you, Terry? With your um, because yeah, you're on... I mean, all, they're all planned ones as well. I mean, I know yeah. the second every other Wednesday, Radio Wales. Every yeah. other Wednesday, every Wednesday, Radio Ronda. Every third Sunday, Radio Elliford and Mustard was two. That's every, it. With, um... Every fourth Saturday, Radio Kent. That's it, because I, I, I stumbled across you on, right? I mean, I don't live in Kent, but the magic of um, the magic of the internet now, you can listen to anything anywhere. And I, as I say, you appeared on Radio Kent. I was like, oh, it's a long way from home in Kent. Well, you know, there's a background to that, Dan. My father oh, right. was born in Kent. So ah. I'm half Kent, because he has been Welsh as well. So yeah, oh. Steve Ladner found that out and got in touch yeah. with me. And he said, uh, but as you were half Kent man, you can have to come or Kentish man. I'm not quite sure which yeah. one. And you, I like you to come on the station. So that's how I got involved there. So oh, we, I, every, every four Saturday, I turn up on Radio Kent. No? Well, that'd be nice. Yeah, no, because well, I don't think they're all well listened to. Um, I'm trying to think. Is it Ken Crowd that does one in Essex? I know oh, he's, he's Essex. I think, it's, I think his name's Ken Crowder. He's a yeah, I know. To listen to. I know. I don't want to go on all those Essex girls. It's too wild for me. Well, no, this is it. Well, you know about this about Kent, though? It's the uh, Garden of England, they call it. That's right. Legendary. Yeah. While I was in Ramsgate, oh, right. when he met my mother, who was there on service, they moved yeah. to Coventry. The, when they came back from the, that, during the war, then they came back from the area shelter one night. The house was no longer there. There was a plane sticking oh. out of the roof. And Lovely. Family were all Welsh, so... They, my brother was born. I obviously won around. I was a, I was a post-war baby. So they came ah. back to Wales, stayed with their relatives. And I, unfortunately, I was born and bred in Wales and still here to this day. Yeah, fair enough. And I, um, are you got any more? Because I loved reading your uh, Life on a Hillside allotment. Is this going to, we going to have a volume two soon, Terry? I don't, I don't know. It's like everything else done, writing a book makes a <laughs> big indent in your life. And I got so many things in the air yeah. at the moment. Taking one more, can't, I can't just fit in. You've got to give up a year at least to do it properly. And it takes yeah, a yeah, yeah. I've always, well, I got one, one more thing I would love to do, and that's to actually write a children's gardening book. I would love yeah. to do that. All right, but yeah. you're sitting down, sort of planning it out, working out the number of words and getting it all together. And with so much on at the moment, I got, a, yeah. I got about three major television projects underway as well at the moment. Oh, we're going to get you on the telly. I like well, it. I mean, there's, we, we do it, we've done the preliminary shoots. It'll depend on whether the commissioners then take them. 
And yes, we're quite, I, yes. quite, uh, quite well-known people as well. So, oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it, Terry. Yeah, so, and again, I, I'm the, this morning I've adopted the allotment, so every now and yeah. again they come up on the scene. And we're supposed to be doing, when there's enough in the plot, a series yeah. of videos we did last year, and uh, they can put them out week by weekend. So, like everything else, they always ring me in January and say, well, we'll be down next week. What can we film? I said, brown earth. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, as you say, it's, the, uh, it's, uh, it's brown gold, as they call it, Terry. You can it's just see and come look at the compost, yeah. But the only time to do any real filming is late May, June and July, because everything's happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny, because when I spoke to Rob Smith the other day, um, who we both know, he actually said, I said, because he won the Great British Allotment Challenge. Yeah. And like yes. he said... The chance of him ever doing it again, he'll forever be the reigning champion because he said yep. it's for TV, it's too much of a, it's a seven-month filming process and for yeah, TV, that's, right. that's not what they want. No, they want quick and, they take Gardner's World because it's a perennial and that's about it, isn't it? Yeah, but, and yes, and Gardner's World is very good, but actually the amount of uh, Monty's Garden you actually see compared to the whole programme is actually quite small. It's an hour programme, but he probably only does 15 minutes presenting, to be that's fair. Because right. yeah, as you say, there's only so much you can ever do in a garden. No, and again, you know, it's one of those places that's vastly overgrown and doesn't, in my view, doesn't resound with many of the brewers. No, well, this I was speaking to Gerald Stratford the other day, the old the big veg man who's gone, who went mad on um, Twitter last year. And he yeah. said, I'd love to just do, there isn't any real actual growing vegetable programs out there. They're of a, a little bit like Frances Tophill did a bit on her allotment on garden as well, but they're not really, they're not anything major. You could probably spend a good half hour program every couple of weeks on allotments and yeah. you'd fill it. Yeah. But did you see those couple of Carol Kleins? They would attempt at basic gardening, but again, they would mainly flower based. Yeah, no, it's very good, Carol, but yes, they yeah. were... I think the problem is, is the um, I've spoken with Bob Flowerdew before, and he says, unfortunately, is it's very much down to the um, the producers what they want, what the flavour yeah. of the month. It's a bit like books, isn't it? If you're yeah. the flavour of the month, you'll get books. Whereas um, someone like a Martin Fish, uh, they yeah. a lot of them go down the self-publishing route because if you're not in fashion or it's not the fashionable thing to talk about, then you'll struggle to get anyone. So you have to end up doing it yourself. At least you get control, which is yeah, a good thing. Right. That's right. Yeah. Only this is a lot of effort to get control. It's better off mm. for somebody to pick it up and you run with it. Because I was lucky yes. on both my books at Bantam Press picked me up. They supported yeah. me right up the line and did all the work. All I provided was the words. Yeah. yeah. Which is nice. Yeah. Well, it's a bit yeah. like what we're doing here. I, I, someone else does all the hard hard work, quite simply. But Ben does all the hard work and turns it into a podcast and a visual podcast as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It's all yeah. fun. Yeah. 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 So, got any big plans for the plot this year, Terry? Are you going to do anything new on it? Not, not a great deal. I mean, I'm, I'm going back to a few things I haven't grown for a while. I'm going back to growing kohlrabi. I'm yeah. gonna, I've gone for the giant Prague celeriac this year. I, I, I love celeriac, but I can never get a decent root. Now, I was mm. talking to Andrew Topley, who used to work at... Oh, yeah. Um, he's now at the head that. of horticulture at uh, King Seeds. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he sent me a package of these giant Prague, so I'm going to go for some big celeriac. But beyond that, I look I mean, the, plot, the plot is filling too damn quick at the moment. That's the trouble. Well, no, it's, it's a bit... I mean, I've got to create a new plot because I've moved house, so I've got one. I've got to create a home. So 
I'm a little yeah. bit behind, should I say. I'm just waiting for my uh, oak boards to come. So I'll That's get right. there. But I should be watching you want, Twitter for you want, your Valeria. Huh? What do you want, Tim? What's oh, coming to board? Oak, oak boards, yeah. I'm getting You're not going to make these raised off. beds, are you? I do, Terry, I do. Oh, dear, that's, I, that's kiddie gardening. I love it, though. It makes it easier for me. I'm getting old, <laughs> Terry. I'm getting old. Hey, what are you doing at my age? And you, you need raised beds six foot high. Well, yeah, no, I just I raise them up. And look, I did them before because my old allotment used to flood quite easily and it yeah, did right. lift them up. And they are a yeah. good way of making your soil what you want. But yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot, the big... There's a no dig, don't they? Yeah, the no dig. I, so I've interviewed Charles Dowding. He's a lovely bloke, lovely to chat to. Um, but yeah, there's that thing about no dig. But bottom line is not everyone's... I'm, I mean, he's very clever how he does it. He does dig stuff, no dig next to it and says, and here's the difference. Yeah. But yeah. the problem with it is, the only problem... I like it, but you've got to be able to get hold of a lot of compost... And if you if you can't get hold of that sort of quantity of compost to keep putting it on, it could be it also be quite expensive because it's all right if you've got a load of horse buck, but if you yeah. live where I live, there's not that many stables because they tend no. to buy them up and build houses on them, and um, yeah. and it can get quite expensive. I mean, the um, there's a place near me called the Compost Centre. They're well yeah. renowned. They deliver to RHS, um, Wisley, and everything like that, but they can't yeah. actually get hold of the stuff quick enough, Terry. They can't no, make it right. quick enough to sell it. And that's the problem. Again, see, I could never go that way because two thirds of my ground in the winter is green manured. So yeah, you know, I could yeah, I could smell that with cardboard and let it die back naturally. But I, I like mm. to dig that in and put those nutrients back in again. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know if there's a right answer or wrong answer. I think it's whatever oh. suits you and your situation. Yeah. What and is I, the same as organic and not organic yeah. gardening? You do, you do what you enjoy. We don't dictate you what you can do, what you can't do. No. No. And I think it's, it's the um, growing f- growing vegetables is you don't do it because it saves you money because I think it's been long proven. It probably doesn't save you money on a lot of things. You Not do it because you enjoy it and, and the choice and the variety you get. Well, again, I mean, it's, it's still to me a major hobby. and yeah. But it's a hobby that gives me a return. I mean, if I was hmm. playing golf or things like that, it would cost me a fortune every year. And I take mm. on nothing. This one doesn't yes. cost me a fortune. I spend many hours. Gives me all I need in life. Plus a basket yeah. full of veg. So we never yeah. buy veg. Yeah. And if I nice took my hours, I would be well below the minimum wage. Oh, yeah. Well, this is it. And, and Anthea gets some nice flowers out of it as well, to be fair, Terry. Well, I have to do that simply to keep the peace. I mean, uh, mm. of all the veg I grow, the only thing that keeps her happy is a damn good bunch of flowers. Shocking, shocking. Hello. Yeah. Nice collection of leeks. Wouldn't do it then, Terry. No, 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 no. I bring home a basket of veg with a bunch of flowers yeah. on the top. The bunch of flowers goes off. The basket of veg yeah. is left in the kitchen. <laughs> Fair enough, Terry. You, you've got you've got your head screwed on. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, it gets me brownie points. That's what counts. Well, yeah. I I had to do my garden before I could do my allotment at home as well. So to keep my wife happy, as as I've got an allotment at home now. I had to do the yeah. garden to make it nice, otherwise I wouldn't have got away with it at doing anything yeah. else. Because you've slowly moved down your um and your allotments because you're on the hillside there. You've slowly moved nearer the gate over the time. You do, yeah. Well, it's not so much now because everybody now adapts a plot to suit their character. In my mm. day when I started, there's 42 plots, three yeah. tiers, and the top one is obviously at the uh, halfway up the mountain. 
Then there's mm. the next tier, and there's the lower tier, which is a little bit flatter. Mm. And in those days, there was no sheds or greenhouses. So all they were were routine 10 perch plots with an 18-inch path, and, uh, and that was all it was. So as mm. you, when you started, you always started diagonally opposite from the gate, right at the, the top of the plot and as far as you could go, which tended to be the younger people. So everything yeah. you wanted to use on that plot, you had to carry a long way. And then mm. in Dead Man's Shoes, as a plot became empty, people just shuffled down until you yeah. came to number one plot by the gate. And that was the way. But what happened then, once we introduced greenhouses and sheds and having adapting plots differently, then very rarely does that rule. It's still in being, it's in the Constitution. But yeah. rarely, rarely does it apply now. Because once you've done a plot, people tend to make it the way they want it. They build mm. a shed, they do the greenhouse, and then they don't want to give that up. So what That's tends to happen now, new people come in and just slot in all over the place now. You could always yeah. tell the newbies 30 years ago, they were up the mountain. The newbies can yeah. be anywhere now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Delve into the world's most fascinating rail stories of the In Training podcast. A Confederate veteran at the event compared the actual explosion to a battle. They thought there could be like hundreds of millions of pounds worth yeah. of gold or something in this train. George Parker has re-entered the carriage and shot William Person. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and many more podcast apps. Just search for the In Training Podcast. I was going to say, because when did you start growing your vegetables? So I read your, your, your autobiography. You started quite a young age. You had quite a little business in your younger years as well, didn't you? Well, it was a, it was a funny was I started a four-year-old, believe it or not. That's when my father... I, that's the, what you, the first recollection of going in the allotments was my mother saying to my father, Tom, take this boy over the allotments with you from under my feet. And he gave me a little patch of soil by his shed and I planted radish, and that was my first excursion into growing things. And I mm. pot, I. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Played around with that little bit of space for quite a few years. And when I became 11, I thought, I like this gardening. I want a plot of my own. And again, mm-hmm. I started in the toddler's corner. I took <laughs> this plot on. And uh, all the all the old timers in there, he won't stay, don't worry about it. Anyway, after about four or five months, I made a good fist of this plot. 
all the old timers come up and see how I was doing then. And they would mm. pass me all this advice. So I got centuries of, uh, of advice mm. from all these people about to grow and everything else. And that's how I started. And then what happened in the, in the late 50s, early 60s, Lotman's became out of fashion because Mr. Supermarket had come along. You could buy yeah. these pristine vegetables in a plastic bag. So nobody wanted to grow their own. So as the plants became available, I went from one to two to three to four to five to six to seven to eight. Finally, nine, yeah. ten. I stopped at ten. I was getting exhausted. Yeah, you what would I be, grew yeah. Throughout, what I grew throughout the summer then was the standard veg. Many, many rows of runner beans, plenty of potatoes, plenty of carrots, plenty of cabbage. And then all wrong with the allotments is quite densely packed with houses. And on a Friday mm. night, I'd get, gather the vegetables. I'd put them up into what was then, before the food box became a, a popular thing, into a food box. And on a Saturday morning, I'd go around the houses, knock the door, and Mrs. Jones would come to the door and she'd say, oh, Terry, that's a nice box of vegetables. How much are they? But being allotments, I'm not allowed to sell vegetables. So I said, Mrs. Jones, the vegetables are free. The box is two and six. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so you're the originator of these modern-day box things that get well, delivered. I, I think I am. Nobody give me credit for that, but I was doing that before box systems became available. Yeah. yeah. And on, a, on, a, on every Friday, and then my customer base grew, and then I, uh, I, I had quite a few of these. I was making – I started work – when I was 19, and I was earning less than what I was earning on the allotments. But don't forget, the allotments, I only grew summer veg then. So I basically yeah. had late May, early June until late September. And then I'd be in the winter doing all the prep. I didn't grow winter veg, and then I planned, right. filled them with summer veg because they were the money was. Yeah. And my father said to me, Daddy, he said, you're working too hard on all this veg. Why didn't you grow flowers? So I took two of my pots. One of them I filled with red white and yellow roses, the old plot full of roses. And there was a local florist in Tonopandi. And I went yeah. to see her and I said, because she made bouquets and wreaths. And they only want short stem roses. Yeah. I got a deal with her. She had a key to the allotment. She'd go and cut the roses she wanted when she wanted them for the bouquets and that. And then she would pay me six old pence per rose, which was, and she cut them herself. We was purely on trust. So this little yeah. pile of cash kept coming in. And I grew the other one with Sweet William's and sweet peas. Now, alongside the allotments is the hospital in which I was born. And by oh, mind, right. in the 1960s, the only people who could visit during the week were direct relatives. The weekend okay. was for other people to visit. So on a, a Sunday afternoon at one o'clock, I'd set up outside the allotment gate with all these flowers and sell them to all these people visiting their relatives, and they'd all buy the flowers and go in. Yeah. Terry, you so Richard Brown, I was a Richard Branson before he knew of. An entrepreneur I just, was. I was going to just say, you're a, you're a modern-day dragon's den, or a, as you say, Richard Branson. No, no stopping you, Terry. Because I, <laughs> I believe, I've got one in my hand here. Didn't you used to do something with pens for most of your... You read this my life on the outside a lot, didn't you? I, I, Terry, <laughs> it's, it's always out, and I always flick through it, along with your almanac. We must remember you got the almanac as well. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, my first job, I was, I was planned to go to university, Follow my brother's footsteps, but I failed my chemistry at A level. I got my maths and physics, but failed my chemistry. I went back and resat, but I'd lost a heart and I'd, I'd lost the will to go on. So I, I left to become a chemist in the pencil factory. And I did all the testing on the pencils then. The pencil factory was about five miles away. And I, hmm. I, they, I got there and they took me on as an apprentice. 
And I learned all about engineering. And they went from a chemist to be a guy who could set up all the various machines and do all the various jobs. Mm. Uh, you know the stapler pencil? Yeah. One with the crown on the top? That's it, I know it. Yeah, well, one of my first jobs was to do, put the machine together that put the crown on. You made the, oh. you put the stripes on the pencil. I used to do the, the special things to, uh, yeah. to the stripes down. And then they said, right, you want a crown on the top? I used to, mm. make, I had the machine then which dipped it into the Isolalac. He dipped yeah. it into white. He dipped it into the black. It spun over and the black run down to make the crown. Impressive, Terry. Do, yeah. do you so, ever use any of these, these tricks you learned on your allotment, these engineering and chemistry background or? I know the chemistry background. I mean, the only thing a chemistry taught me was to become organic because I was, yeah. I was a chemist by background. And when I had the 10 plots, I was not organic because I okay. never had time to get everything I wanted. Oh, the nice. national gromo, sulfate ammonia, superphosphate, sulfate of potash, and the infamous DTT was in being. So if I had any Ooh. pests, out come the spray, and I killed yeah. every, pest, every pest and friend I had. And then they, they, they came up with this scare about DTT being a chicken time bomb, and I never mm. trust anybody in the chemical world again, went organic and still organic to these days, and they've never used a pesticide or inorganic fertilizer since. So that's what I that. But with the, yeah, I mean, one of the things I still use today is my little planting stick, which I got a piece of Bakelite, which I used to make the radios out of. I cut yeah. it the shape. I tape at one end to tease the roots out and round at the other end to make the hole to drop the seedlings in. And that's over over 60 years old, and I'm still using that now. Yeah. The old Bakelite, does, you see it on programs every so often, the Bakelite, it's still... It stood the test of time, unlike many things. It doesn't. It doesn't you know, right? fall apart at all. It's. No. It'll last to eternity. Yeah, it'll last to eternity. Yeah. yeah. Ah, fair yeah. play. Yeah. So we know your hands are a thing. So, <clears throat> are you? You write for a lot of magazines as well, Terry, don't you? Do, do you enjoy? Which do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy the radio, the writing, or the television? The, the radio is the best because the radio is spontaneous. And mm. you, you've got to do some preparation, but not significant. You've got to have some idea of what's going on. But a lot of it depends on the listeners. Mm. With the writing, I, I've downloaded just the garden news. Because mm. uh, when I had my scare seven years ago and I had uh, prostate cancer, I was writing then for the South Wales Echo. I was writing for Witch. I was writing for Saga. I was writing for Home Gardener, uh, mm. Garden News. And these were all I was doing five days a week. I was writing a different article for you know, mm. a different style for, as a, each magazine. And I dropped them all. But Garden News, when I came out, I got over the problem, took me mm. on. And I, I'm still with them. I was, but weekly writing is very, very difficult because I, you don't realize you no sooner written one. I have to do all my own photographs as well to accompany that article. And then mm. no, no sooner you got out of the way, bang, the next week is around again. Yeah. Uh, yeah a week goes so I basically do that one now so I finished up about two years ago with the witch and I, that's, I'm quite happy with that amount of writing now I'm trying to ease back but like everything in life you, I like I love what I'm doing and I can never say no you feel like me yeah I love yeah. I love doing it and if I love doing it and again you know local charities and everything else like mm. you know they want a, a bit of kudos and a bit of help and I'm quite mm. happy to go along yeah, well, that's good. and good on you for doing that. 
because I say you must be looking forward to getting back. Obviously, this last year and a bit, you wouldn't have really been to go to any shows or anything like that. So you must be looking forward to getting oh, back and meeting people. I miss I miss them. I mean, okay, they're a bit time consuming, but I do miss the going along them. You've got meeting up with people you only see once or twice a year, you know. Mm. And I I miss going to Malvern. I miss going to the, they dropped the Cardiff show of Vorsky because that was a big one for me. And I, I like Hampton Court. I'm not a fan of Chelsea, I must admit. I'd only go to Chelsea on press day and I can no longer get in on press day. I'm, I'm non gratis anymore there, so they don't let me in anymore. <laughs> but uh, it, It's interesting, Chelsea, because a few other um, people I've interviewed, they said that's the problem with, they prefer Hampton Court if they're going to go to a London show, for instance, yeah. because it's a bit like Chelsea's a little bit, it's, there's nothing there really bears much relevance to the real to a normal person's garden because they're fantastically expensive, most of those wonderful show gardens. And because yeah. um, uh, Chelsea this year is later, because I was chatting to um, Medwin Williams the other day, and yeah. he says that's actually worked out better for his vegetables because it's actually properly in the season. Instead of having to force things on to come early by May, if yeah. now it's gone to September, it actually makes it a lot more... It's a bit, it was not less challenging, but it makes it more fitting in with baseball growing. I don't, not so much plants, maybe, but no, no. But the thing about Chelsea is, it's a, it's a showpiece in May where they're trying to sell landscape mm. gardens to the people with money, aren't they? Really, that's my view. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's not a, it's not a plantsman show. There's very few. You've got the main marquee, which you've got the, the big nurseries and the companies displaying mm. the goods, but it's not a great availability of buying plants. Now, you ever go to Malvern, Malvern is a total plantsman show. Mm. I mean, there's nursery after nursery selling plants of every description. And I do, and there's so much space and it's easy to move around. Chelsea, by mid-morning, you shoulder oh, to shoulder. You can't, I mean, the show gardens, if you're there by any time after 11 o'clock, you don't, if you see more than two show gardens, you can't get near them. Mm. No. Yeah. Well, because straight there, Malvern is on this year, but it's on at the same time as Chelsea, isn't it? Nylon, all well, very close yeah. to each other. To be more plant fair at the moment because they they can't do the indoor marquees mm. and they can't do the talks theatres. So they they basically have all the plantsmen there on a social distance. You can just buy plants. They did yeah. that last time and it worked quite well, apparently. Yeah. Well, the other I, thing I think it's just it's it's going to have to be that you're just basically going to have to um, find what works what works well for yourself as such and and as you say what you can get away with and then hopefully we'll get back to uh get back to where we were something like it and as you say and things like because i know uh toby buckland's got his um his festival at powdham castle is going ahead yeah. this year you've just got to adapt otherwise they won't be able to go on that's the problem and that's that's a that's a fantastic i've done that one i've done a couple mm. of stints of, I mean, it's brilliant so very friendly yes. yeah it's a lovely show yeah. yeah, when I've chatted to him, he said he's, he, he wanted to make it a family experience because yeah. this is a thing with gardening. We've we've gained a lot of gardeners and vegetable growers over this last year and that. And the yeah. secret is you've got to keep them interested, isn't it? Otherwise, because right. allotments have always been a bit, a little bit up, a little bit down, they've a boom and bust. But um, and they're at a high point again now. You can't get hold of an allotment if you want one like that anymore, really. Um, no, you can't. How do you think we can best keep those people, Terry? That's the question. I think the, the current people being there to take mm. them under their wing and make sure they keep happy and they, they, they feel they're getting something out of it. You know, they mm. don't want to be just left there in isolation. They want to be part of the family, part of the community. And mm. while they're struggling to learn, 
make sure they don't go home empty-handed and pass, the, pass all the skills on. So you, mm. you know, tell them to watch what you're doing, ask what you're doing, and they learn and get the same rewards. There's no, there's no magic in gardening. It's all about experience. It's experience, and sometimes it's, it's trying something. Just because it's not meant to work. I mean, I've seen plenty of plants growing where they shouldn't really grow, but they're growing perfectly well. Why? You're never quite 100% They're usually weeds, they are done. Well, that's true, I suppose. Well, a weed is merely a plant in the wrong place, they say, Terry. That's right. <laughs> that's all they ever say about a weed. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. I was going to say, so... There's no bigger weed than a potato in your, in your carrot patch. You, well, this is well, you I was going to say. Ground and you left one tumour in, it erupts yeah. through the middle of the carrots. <laughs> I often get people say, can you still eat them? I said, yeah, you'll be fine. No, yeah. no one gets all the potatoes out of the ground. Never happens. There's always a couple of roads hanging on. So, because um, I think that's the thing, like you're, you say your book for the children. I think that's, you've got to make it enjoyable for younger children. I mean, and yeah. older children, but if they're young, because I, I still remember when mine were younger, uh, Alan Titchmarsh voiced a, a little talking gnome, a garden gnome. But yeah. they used to love that, and it, it inspires them to do things. It gives them ideas, and that's where it goes from. If they enjoy yeah. it and they can get creative, you can do lots of things. And I, I think, I think a, yeah, a book aimed for younger children is where you've got to start. Because yeah, I think that's, that's where right. it comes from. I mean, because not all parents are into growing veg or gardening, full stop. No. And the beauty of the young children as well, they can legitimately get dirty. So, yeah. you know, and they, they love playing with Mac, and they love playing with Earth. And they can be doing something constructive as well at the same time. So they, mm. they, they can do it, they enjoy it and see some benefits of it. Yeah. Yeah, my, my two used to love playing with the uh, little insects down the plot and making little worm houses and things like that. And it, it yeah. kept them entertained because sometimes children don't want to go down here, not want to do the garden. But once they're there, it keeps them entertained. Well, my kids used to come up with me and they used to enjoy sword fencing with the bamboo canes. Yeah. I tell you a little secret about my father now. When I was, before I reached my first plot at 11, yeah. when he was on his brassicas, he used to knock in three canes as wickets, give me a bit of wood, <laughs> and he'd bowl the ball to me and let me hit it. And I'd run back and forth making runs. And that's yeah. how he used to brassica ground rock hard to grow his Brussels sprouts. I see. He was, cle- he was clever, clever then, like that. I was going to yeah. say, uh, a bowling master, as I say, you could have played, but um, thinking about it, uh, if you if you're Welsh, you can't. There isn't a Welsh cricket team, is there? Yeah, the morning. The morning. Oh no, I mean, as in a national team. I think it's the England and Wales. There is there is one when they play these odd tournaments, but normally it's the English cricket board, then it's the ECCB. Uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, no, I noticed that the other day with some of this. Yeah, English. Yes, as you say, it's all fun. Quick question, Terry. Um, yeah. What vegetable would you think you're most like? So what would vegetable represent Terry Bolton best? The pea. Ah. I find way the, the good old humble pea. It's the one yeah. thing you can pop open. It's, it's like eating a good old-fashioned sweet. And then you can, you can put the pods down on the plot so you know where you're working. And it gives you a trailer where you've been and what you've done. So, and you can throw them down. They're totally biodegradable. You're not chucking away wrappers and destroying the countryside. And a pocket and for the peas when you get the allotments, the nibble on what you're working is the best thing you can do. You get there, you pick and for the peas, you work away. When you fancy one, you pop one open, you pop the peas in your mouth, you put the bottom in the ground, and you let it go in and be biodegradable. 
Fair play. That's a lovely, nice piece of advice there. Very good, Terry. Um, well, I think we're coming to the end of our little recording here because they've run out of time. But um, thank you yep. very much for joining us, Terry. And um, I must thank you as well because you're the man who started me off on my um, the grapevine because you did my very first interview. And you'll be pleased to know you're still the most read one by a long way. Oh, that's good to know, Dan. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to Kitchen Garden Prime for just four ninety nine per month. You'll be getting a whole lot for your plot, including an easy-read tablet and phone edition to read anywhere, anytime. Exclusive access to 10 years of digital back-issue archives, access to exclusive content from the online allotment, the Mudcateers website, plus the monthly print magazine will be delivered free to your door each month. Head to classicmagazines.co.uk forward slash KG Prime to sign up today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.